Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. A new children's book, Lady Lucy's Quest, tells the story of a feisty young heroine who believes in the power of the possible. It's written by Karen Gross, a former college president and former senior policy advisor at the U.S. Department of Education. I recently talked with Gross about the book and what inspired her to write a story for children. I, I think that's the um, question I'm asked most often. Why would a former college president write a children's book? And the answer to the question is that as important as college is, and it's very important, and as important as graduate schools are, if you really want to make an impact on education, you have to do that for younger children. And one of the pathways to doing that is through reading. So I really saw writing a children's book as a way of enabling change and improving education for young people starting very early in their lives. Talk to me a little bit about the story. How did you decide on what your narrative was going to be? Well, I think I had two key influences for this story about a feisty young girl who wants to be a knight, and everybody tells her, no, you can't be a knight, girls can't be knights, and so she keeps overcoming hurdles and finally succeeds. So for me, it's a story about the power of the possible and fulfilling one's dreams and for pursuing the quest that sits within us all. And the two influences were really my son, um, who I wanted to have understand more about his mother and her quest to succeed and the many hurdles that had to be overcome. And the other is that it was after an historical figure, a woman who was extremely prominent in her day but never got her due, and her name was Lady Lucy. I was going to ask you about uh, Lady Lucy uh, Duff Gordon. As I understand, and I actually had to look her up. Because I'll admit, I had no idea <laughs> who she was. I had to Google her. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Lady Lucy Duff and Gordon and, and her importance and prominence, because she did some uh, just some amazing things. just seems like she really overcame a lot, or achieved a lot, I guess maybe I should say. Oh, absolutely. Lady Lucy lived in the late 1800s and early 1900s, and she designed high fashion, the kind you see on runways in New York. And she was the first person to have that high level of fashion. And then she was the first person to advertise in a catalog. And it was the Sears Roebuck catalog, which at the time was the preeminent catalog. And then she went on the Titanic and survived. And then she got into a lawsuit, which she lost, because I, my view of it is she wasn't recognized for the amazing things that she did, and they didn't give her a lot of credibility, and the court sort of looked down at her. And I've always, here's a woman who did remarkable things, who never got her due, and most people don't even know who she is. And so, in a way, this book is also a tribute to her. And she's someone, by the way, that as a law professor, I used to teach the case about her every year for 20 years. So she's someone that I think deserves recognition. In the story, I was impressed by how uh, Lucy overcomes and how she, how she utilizes 
and works with uh, the environment that she's presented with and how she uses uses that to her uh, to her advantage to ultimately succeed in in her quest as a parent this was an inspiring story but, but probably on a different level than it is for the kids that read the book as well well you pick up a very good point just right in the beginning this book actually has been enjoyed by both kids and parents and adult readers because i think what it appeals to is that we all hold a quest in our hearts, something that we want to do or something that we want to pursue. And many people face obstacles of one sort or another. And what makes Lady Lucy so remarkable is that her pathway for solving problems is unique. It's innovative. It's creative. It's bold. And I hope she encourages people who have dreams, who want to go on quests to find their way, know that they can do that even if their way of thinking about issues or solving problems is not the same as everyone else. One of our students walked through the newsroom and picked up the book and was looking at it, and, just, and she, she said, wow, she's a real MacGyver. And I thought, oh, yeah, that would work. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. I, I happen to also think the fact that the book is illustrated by high school students sends a really important message, too. So it's really a story within a story. And these high school students were able to animate this story with these vibrant, really beautiful illustrations that truly capture the essence of this feisty little girl. You led in exa- into my next question. That was these wonderful illustrations that are, are in here. How did you how did you get connected with these two young women that uh, that are responsible for these just wonderful illustrations? So I was a college president, very close to their high school, and had a relationship with the head of that school. And we often worked together and talked about aren't there ways that we can have better collaborations between colleges and high schools? And so when I came upon this book and the need to illustrate it, I thought back to that conversation and I thought about all that I had written and spoken about in terms of education in action and across different silos of education. And so I called her up and I said, do you have two students or three or one who could possibly illustrate this children's book? And she went to the art teacher and they came up with these two illustrators. They showed me their drawings, and I looked at them and I said, they're both outstanding, remarkable young girls. Why don't we have them both illustrated? So that's what happened. I have a niece who's a first grader. I could I could see her sitting down and, and, and reading this herself, but I could also see parents reading this to their younger children as well. Yes, and by design, it's a read-to book. It's also a read-by book and a read-with book. And you may have noticed if you looked at it, and this for me is sort of one of these wonderful educational features embedded in it that don't stand out and make people think, oh, this is not going to be interesting. The name Lucy appears throughout the book in a different font so that even kids who are struggling with reading or who are very young can follow along, and whenever that different font appears, they can shout out the name Lucy. So I've been reading it now with groups of kids, and when they have the book in front of them, even if they can't read every word, when they come to her name, they can all shout out Lucy. It's sort of like a powerful cheer. 
in this effort, in this endeavor, uh, I guess maybe what is next? Are you wanting to try and build on on Lady Lucy's quest, or or how can you, you know, how do you envision being able to, you know, to help to foster and develop reading and comprehension from here on out? So there are several pathways that I'm following. One is that I'm doing a lot of readings to kids and quest activities um, in schools and in libraries and in after-school programs around the United States. So that's one way to share it. The second is that there will be a coloring and activities book that goes along with it that reinforces the messages and enables kids to um, participate, really, in her story and their own version of the story. In fact, it's interesting, if you buy the hardcover, you get a sack, which is just like the sack that she takes into the forest with her. It's the same color orange. And you get a feather, just like the feather that she brings into the forest. And they're designed to serve as reminders of her story, but also that you can put things in your own sack to help you succeed as you move forward. And then the last pathway is there is a sequel coming about Lady Lucy's first quest as a knight and what happens to her when she goes out and does deeds as a knight. You mentioned that you've been uh, been doing a number of, of, of readings. Is there a particular part of the, of the story that uh, really excites you or, or that you find that, that kids get really excited about? I think part that kids get really excited about is actually the task where she has to move this very big boulder. And when you see the picture of her, the illustration, she's tiny and this boulder is enormous. And you think, oh, there's just no way this little girl can move this boulder. So I think that's the most interesting when they learn about how she does that. And I actually demonstrate it to kids. Um, using a straw and a ball as to how she does it when I do it in classrooms. Oh. Um, so that's pretty exciting. But I think the best story of kids and Lady Lucy is the kid who put it by her bedside every night and then would take it to school with her every day in her backpack as sort of a reminder of the Lady Lucy story and the power of the possible. And just the idea that this little girl is going off to school every day with this book in her backpack and on her night table at night um, is remarkably rewarding for me. That's author and educator Karen Gross. Her new children's book is Lady Lucy's Quest. In the Author's Voice is an online series by WSIU Public Radio, a listener-supported service of Southern Illinois University. I'm Jeff Williams.